Um, I want to uh, I want to uh, continue this morning. We've been doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, and uh, if you have your Bibles, you might go ahead and, and get to the place where we're going to be. It's in Matthew chapter seven. Matthew is kind of, uh, if you're not familiar, it's, it's the second half of the Bible. We call that the New Testament. And Matthew is that first book in the New Testament, the first four Gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call those the Gospels. And so we're in that, that first uh, book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read some scripture here in, in just a moment, but you may uh, find that where you are. If you, didn't have a, if you didn't bring a Bible today, we'll have the scripture on the screen. We, of course, we encourage you to bring your Bibles uh, and which reminds me to remind you, there are some New Testaments out on the information table, and it's kind of like a um, topical type Bible where if you're going through a certain thing, it, it tells you read these scriptures if you're having problems or certain issues that you want to think about. It's a nice little reference book, so please, they're free. Grab one, grab a handful, take some to people you work with. We, we want you to use those uh, and to be able to have them and give them out to other people. Um, so you can do that. Okay, so today we're continuing in this, whole, this Sermon on the Mount series. And, and from, from the beginning of this, as we've looked through this and talked about the different things, it's Jesus basically, I think, it's Jesus basically teaching those people around him. And it's a lot of good stuff about how we should live and, and some things how we should not live. Things we should do and some things we should not do. But it's a lot of really good information for us and a lot of good principles that I think if we really take them to heart and try to apply them uh, to our lives, that it really makes a difference in who we are. And the key thing to remember in all of this and be reminded of is all the things that Jesus is talking about, it's not possible for you and I alone to be able to have those things as a part of our life. They only come by allowing Jesus to be a part of our lives. And through Him, we can do and be the things that He talks about. So, you know, I don't even have it within me to be able to do it or to measure up to what He's talking about. So if you've been listening or you've been reading along or maybe you've heard some of the sermons on the, on the podcast, on our, on our website, you might be thinking, man, that's, just, that's some hard teaching. I don't know if I can live up to that. If you said that, you're right on target. You can't live up to it. And uh, But with Jesus living in you, he can help you, he can help me to be the people that he wants us to be. So uh, just to be reminded of that. And I don't know about you, but um, I've, been, I've been a believer for uh, a lot of years now. And constantly in my mind, I'm always thinking, okay, so what does that mean? And how does that mean if I'm a believer, how should that look in my life? What, are, how should, what should I be doing? Sometimes, sometimes it gets confusing because you hear people saying, well, you should do this or you shouldn't do that or you should go here or you shouldn't go there. And uh, so sometimes it can be a little confusing of what is the life that Jesus wants me to live? And th- this whole series has got a lot of things in there that's pretty straightforward of things that, that he says, hey, this is who you are and this is, these are things you should participate in, how you should be and how you shouldn't be. Uh, but, you know, just the question of how do I do this? So we're going to look at some scripture here this morning. There's three sections that we're going to look at this morning. And, and Jesus basically, I think, has given us three examples of... Uh, things for us to think about and things for us to be reminded to help us with the way that we live and the way that he wants us to live specifically in these in these uh, three sections of scripture so matthew chapter 7 if you're there starting in verse 13 i'm going to go ahead and read all the way through 23 and uh so just follow along with me or read along in your bible it says enter this again this is jesus speaking he says enter through the narrow gate for wide 
is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now that, that, that portion there, I mean, if you just listen to that and, and, and <laughs> as we read that, man, that's some pretty, some pretty straightforward stuff. Isn't it? Some of it's a little scary and some of it might be a little confusing. But just to, to look at what Jesus is saying. And so this morning I'm basically going to outline these three things. There's three sections that Jesus talks about. And I think he's, he's, saying, he's saying these things to say, hey, here are some things you need to be aware of in your life. You want to live the way I want you to live and in addition to all this other stuff that I've been talking about. Here's some things that you need to know. There are three things and three areas in your life that you need to be aware of. And the first one that he mentions is this idea of a false perception. It's back in verses 13 and 14. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So Jesus is comparing these two concepts of this idea of these gates and the way that he talks about. And he talks about this one being very wide, this one gate or this one way. It's very wide. It's very obvious. You know, if you were walking down the street or walking in the woods or whatever, to be able to kind of picture this, this broad road or this wide way uh, would be very obvious to you. You wouldn't have to wonder where you were going. You wouldn't have to question whether or not that was the broad road or the wide road. It would be very obvious, not only by its size, but also by the number of people who are participating in walking in that way. So the, the concept Jesus is saying is you've got these two, two gates, you've got these two ways, and one of them is very wide, and that is the one that a lot of people are going down. But then he throws in at the end of that, but it's also the one that leads to destruction. There's this false perception that just because it's large, just because it's wide, just because it's obvious, just because there seems to be a lot of people going that way, Jesus says, beware, because the end of that road is death. And that's a false perception. Now that happens in today's time. It happens with us with a lot of things, I think. Our culture has convinced us, basically, more is better, right? Have you seen the little commercial? I don't even know what it's for. I think it may be an AT&T commercial, but I'm not sure. But the guy's sitting around the table with the little kids, you know. And, you know, more is better, right? If you have one or you can have two, two. You know, everybody raised their hand, they can have two. And then, this is just off the point, but that little girl in there is so cute. The, the most recent one, you know, or... 
you know, are, are you in an adorable contest or whatever he says? And yes. What place are you in? She says, kindergarten. <laughs> it's, it's an awesome commercial. Okay, nothing to do with the point, right? But, but here's the idea. Our culture has convinced us more is always better. More is always better. If you can have a little bit of money, if, you can just have, if that's good, if you have a lot of money, that's got to be better, right? If you can do something just a little bit, well, obviously, if you can do it more, it's got to be better. You know, people, you lift weights. You know, if you can lift 20 pounds, that's good. Well, if you can just get up and move to 100 pounds, that's got to be better, right? That concept is throughout our culture. More, bigger, better material possessions. If you have a little bit of stuff, if you can have more stuff, it's going to be good. It's got to be good, right? More is always better. You know what? That, that kind of, uh, that concept is even transferred into our, into our church culture where the idea is that you just always have to have more and if you have more, it's always got to be better, right? Now, more can be better, but just the fact that there are more doesn't mean that it is better. But we have that perception and it's false in our minds, I believe, is that more is better. And so, uh, so what I want you to think about, and you probably know this, but I kind of have thought about this years ago and kind of have this little, I put my life in little statements that, you know, one of the, one of the things I say about people is people will do exactly what they want to. That just sums, that just sums it up right there. You know, people will do exactly what they want to. Uh, and, and then the other thing concerning this is, you know, the quality of an event cannot be determined solely by the number of people in attendance, Right? We are, if everybody is doing it, if there are a lot of people there, obviously it has to be good, right? And it's just not true. We were uh, pastoring a church in Kentucky for, for several years, and um, this was a, a little town called Workville, population 218. Salut! Right? Popula- population 218 in the little town of Worthville. And uh, in this little town... There was uh, a person that was well-known as being a shyster, and this person, you know, he always doing something crooked, always doing something wrong, always trying to uh, cheat people out of stuff, and, and it's just kind of a common thing that everybody knew. When you said this person's name, everybody knew that, that it, was a bad, it was a bad thing for him because of the, of the way he was. But in this little town, population 218, there was this little store at one time used to be have a purpose when the town was thriving and the railroad went through the town. Then they built the interstate and bypassed the little town and such as the town, you know, that happens all the time, right? So 218 people. There's this building here that used to be useful, but now this, this character in town was running an auction out of this building. Now you can imagine, now there's a, he's, a, he's a shyster, he's always cheating people, always looking for a way to get something that is really not his. So here he is. Uh, not the most well-kept person on the earth, and manners and everything else, just not good. So he's got this little building in this small town of Worthville, and they're, they're having an auction, like, selling chickens, and not like you would up here around Tudor Town, you know, not, it, it was, you know, he's got it, everything, is, you know, it, it's nasty. You can, you can almost smell it when you drive by. This in, everything in there is nasty, and guess what? Everybody knows how this guy was. There's only 218 people in this town. But on Friday nights when they would have this auction, that place would be packed and cars would be lined up and down the road. People coming out of the woodwork. For what? I have no idea. I never did go. I should have. I don't know why I didn't. It would have been very entertaining, I'm sure. 
but just the idea. So we rode by that, and so I kind of come up with a statement as we rode by. There's a perfect example that the quality event has nothing to do with the number of people in attendance, right? You know things like that. People can, do, people can be involved in stuff. People will flock to it. All kinds of people go into it. And if we're not careful, the perception is, well, if everybody's participating in it, if everything, everybody's doing that, that's got to be a good thing, right? It's got to be a good thing. And so Jesus says, in our lives, and especially he talks about the way you walk, enter, enter into this way. He's talking about this idea of believing in God, believing in Jesus, and living the way he wants us to. Is there, there is a thought in our culture that is very wide and very broad about who Jesus is and what you have to do to be a believer. And if you're, not, if you're not a believer this morning, first of all, it's awesome that you're here. Thanks for coming. I hope you get something out of this because we're glad you're here. But if you're not a believer, you can look and see people, all kinds of ideas of what it means to be a believer. What do I have to do to be a Christian? Some people might tell you, well, you have to go to church three times a week or you have to give a certain amount of money or you've got to make sure that you never, ever do anything wrong ever again. There's all kinds of things out there Things like, well, it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe in something or everything's okay because aren't we all going to the same place anyway? There's all kinds of stuff that's floating around there. And that road is so broad and so wide and there are people who flock to that. And it's crowded and it's very obvious. And Jesus says, be careful. Be careful about that wide road that looks so good, that looks so obvious, that looks like it has to be good because... A lot of people are participating in it. Jesus says that road leads to death. And then he contrasts it with a narrow road. Now, he says, now, then there's this, there's this other, other road that's a narrow road. And he says, it's small as the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. But only a few find it. So, again, imagine, imagine um, walking through the woods. And, and you can look up and you can see this obvious big road with a lot of people or a lot of, you know, traffic. You can tell it's very worn. It's been traveled a lot. And then over somewhere else is, is this little narrow, this little narrow path. That, that if you're not careful, you could glance by it and not even notice that it had been traveled because it's not like the other road. And Jesus, Jesus is saying, listen, there's this other way, and it's the way of life, but it's hard to see. It's hard for us to see because our human brains are trained to see the other stuff. We want to see what everybody's doing. We want to be a part of the crowd. We want to be a part of something that we think everybody else is a part of. It makes us feel like we belong to something. And Jesus is saying, be careful. That, that narrow road, that's the way to life. But it's hard to find. Now, obviously, I think Jesus, uh, when he talks about this, he's talking about himself. Jesus is talking about, I'm the way. It's through me. But this comparison of these two roads, that, that one of them is very wide, one of them is very narrow, and only a few people find the narrow one, which kind of gives, it, 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 I think, it, Jesus wasn't saying, you know, I'm trying to make things hard so nobody will ever be saved. When you read the Bible in its entirety, you see other scriptures that says, that says it's God's desire that all should be saved. So it's not like he's playing a trick and, you know, only the, only the sneaky ones can find the narrow road. But he's just, I think, making that contrast of you have to train your eyes for what to see. Don't get caught up in just because it's busy and it's large and it's popular. Don't tune out. Don't think you found it 
just because of those things, be aware there is a way that leads to life. And it's not as obvious of that, but it's the road that leads uh, to, to life. Um, so you can't find the way to life necessarily by looking for where everybody else is going. Does that make sense? As a person here, if you're not a believer, and maybe you, you've just heard all kinds of stuff. And maybe you're bouncing around from church to church and hoping that you'll hear something. And maybe, you know, and that's great. And I hope you do hear something that, that can help you, guide you in the way that you need to go. But this idea, don't just let your opinion be based on what seems to be popular or where, what everybody else is saying. Search, search the scriptures for your answer. Pray and ask God to help you see the right answer. Don't just go for something because a lot of people are doing it. So, so that's the first thing. So here, here's kind of a statement that I, that I have when you're thinking about these three things. The first one is about that false perception, and it's this. Don't allow the crowds to lead you astray. Don't let that be your way for making decisions. Now listen, I'll just throw this out to you again um, because hopefully I'm conscious. Uh, every Sunday and, and when I meet with the band and pray, usually I will pray, and I really mean this, I hope that we have people here today who are not believers. I'm always hoping that they were. So, again, I say, if you're not a believer and you're here, that is awesome. You're the people especially that I've been praying for. And I'm so, I'm glad you're here. And listen, you may tune, out, you may tune this out. Well, somebody just asked me to come, and I'm really not sure. I believe all that Jesus stuff, and I really don't know if I, if I believe that. That's okay. I hope, hope you can be convinced that it's true. But I'll just tell you, even if you don't believe in what Jesus is saying, this stuff is just good and helpful for your everyday life. I'll just tell you, you don't have to apply it to a religious part of your life. Just That's good, good advice for you in whatever decision, in whatever way, choices you're making for life. Don't let your decision be based on just because of what everybody else is doing. That's just good stuff to go by, however you want to apply it. So I hope that you, hope that you don't tune out. But don't, don't allow the crowds to lead you astray. And that's easy to do, isn't it? easy to do because one to search out the truth for yourself is difficult it's easier just ask somebody else well what do you think it's easy to call the preacher and say what does this scripture mean it's easy to call a friend and say what do you think this bible verse means or what do you think about this and there are appropriate times and places to do that don't let that be your first option god's given you a brain He's given you the ability to read Scripture. He's been, he, uh, as a believer especially, you have the Holy Spirit we talk about who dwells within you, who gives you the ability to understand God's Word. So don't just let the way, what everybody else says be your default method of functioning in life. Don't let the crowds lead you astray. Okay, so false perception. The second thing is, in the second part of Scripture, uh, the false prophets. Verses 15 through 21, it says, Watch out for the uh, false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them." So there, there's, this, there's this false perception that he talks about, and then there's these false prophets. Now, now listen, this is, this is big stuff. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is telling them, hey, you've got all these people around here who are claiming to teach 
Scripture. They even have titles, and, and they're teaching you stuff. And from an outside appearance, it looks great. But they're telling you stuff that's wrong. And, and the analogy that's used that, you know, they're, 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 um, they look like sheep. You know, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. Their motives are not to help you. They're to destroy you. So on the outside, if you just go through the day and you don't ever ask a question and you just believe everything that's said, you're, you're falling into the trap because on, they look like sheep, but inwardly there are people that are trying to lead you astray. Now, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. I hope, and I know it's the desire of anybody that we allow to be here to preach, is that there is no one who is ever intentionally trying to lead you astray. That's not the motive. All right? There are a lot of other ways. If I wanted to lead people astray, I can think of a lot of other ways that I might can lead people astray. I don't really want to do it from here. Plus, I'm accountable for what I teach, and I want to try to be as honest and forthright as I possibly can in my understanding of God's Word, right? But he was saying to them in that day, there are people who are trying to lead you astray. Don't listen to them. And I would tell you this, and I've said this before to you, just because we read a scripture and we stand up here and talk and we have ideas that we believe, we believe are right, read it for yourself. Follow along with it. Go home and crack open another book and study. Look online. Do a little studying of your own. Make sure that what you're hearing lines up for what you believe to be God's Word. And this is what they were not doing. And He was warning them. Listen, if you want to be the person that God wants you to be, if you want to live the life that God wants you to live, you can't just walk around and blindly just believe everything anybody would tell you because they're known as a teacher. You don't have to look far in our own culture and realize there are plenty of times when people have been led astray because people just follow blindly. We've never asked you to do that. We don't want you to. Check it out for yourself. Don't just because somebody is a teacher, don't just take it for the gospel. Now, I'll tell you, that's hard work too because it's easier just to say, well, the preacher said. Well, Cliff said. Well, Donnie said. You know, well, that's just the way it is. They said, but never have any reasoning of your own of why that's true. And it, not, only, not only does it help you, but if somebody else asks you something, if you have a relationship with them, it's a whole lot better for you to explain them things as you understand them than just regurgitating what the preacher said, right? Anybody ever done Dave Ramsey stuff? Yes? If you haven't, good news, you're going to have an opportunity because we're going to be talking to you about some things we're doing in January and it's going to incorporate some of that stuff. It's going to be awesome. But I, I listened to his radio show and, and he said, <laughs> people come in and say, if my husband says one more time, Dave Ramsey said, <laughs> you know, what I mean? or if my wife says one more time, Dave Ramsey said about finances. The idea is they don't know Dave Ramsey. They don't have a relationship with him. He's, he's, he is a professional and expert in his field, but they don't have a relationship with him. And so the same thing, if you go around just telling people all the time what the preacher said, or so-and-so said, I mean, hopefully that's true, but it carries a lot more weight if you know that for yourself. And you don't just follow blindly. So he was warning them, don't just follow blindly. So the, the, the other thing with this scripture is, don't allow teachers to lead you astray. 
Okay? Don't allow the crowds to lead you astray. That's that first section, the broad road and the narrow road. Don't allow the crowds to lead you astray. This section, don't allow teachers to lead you astray. Do some homework of your own. Make sure you're following God's Word. Make sure you're reading it and, and understanding what's going on. Not only believing it just because somebody said so. That makes sense, right? Okay? And so then the, the third thing here is this false profession. All right, these last couple verses, uh, verses 21 through 23. And Jesus, again, is is speaking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many, it's a broad road, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? But Jesus, again, is warning them, look, don't just do it. Don't let the crowds lead you astray. Don't let just what people say as teachers. Don't let that be something that leads you astray. And then he goes even farther and says, uh, basically, don't let yourself be led astray. Don't lead yourself astray. And he, he tells them, just because, just because you're busy, just because you have activity going on that's of a religious nature, Don't kid yourself into thinking that that's what makes you a believer. And it's it's some good stuff that you can be doing, but you can even lead yourself astray by thinking that's what it takes as long as I'm busy in church, as long as I'm serving somewhere, as long as I'm giving a little bit of money, as long as I'm doing all these activities, that makes me a believer. I've got to be a believer because look at all this stuff I'm doing. There's a little bit of a contrast there because Jesus does say, by their fruit you will know them. So there is a conjunction as believers, if we are believers, that should be evident in our life by the way we live and what we do. But you can't put the cart before the horse and say, because of what I do, this proves that I'm a believer and I believe in Jesus. And if I can just stay busy and I can just do enough stuff, then I know that I'm right with God. So he was warning warning them not to do that, not to be led astray by your own self. Busy activity. Now listen, uh, as a believer, or uh, as, if you come in to a lot of churches, it's easy, if you're not a believer, it's easy just to kind of come in here and then we'll talk to you about, hey, you need to find a place to serve and you need to do this stuff and we really want you to do that, but we really want to know where you are with God. But you can kind of slip in here and start serving somewhere, showing up and participating in the life group, and you can begin to tell yourself, well, gosh, I must be a believer because look at all this stuff I'm doing. And that's not what it's about. And Jesus makes it real clear, when it comes to true life, the only way is through Him. The only way is through Jesus. It goes back up to that verse in chapter 7, verse 14, when he talks about the small gate and the narrow road. It leads to life, he says, and if you find it. He's referencing himself. John 14, 6 is not on, on the screen. You can maybe jot that down or look at it later. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the truth, the life, and the way. No one comes into the Father except through me. So that broad way of you can do whatever you want to and one day end up in heaven. You don't have to, you know. Jesus says there is a narrow way. And it's through him. It's because of what he did. The songs that we sang about him, him, him paying that price for us. That's the whole message of Jesus and him dying for us. So that we could have life through him and his sacrifice for us. 
And so I want to encourage you that, you know, don't worry about what the crowd is doing. Don't worry about following what everybody else is doing and think just because everybody's doing it that it's right. Don't just hold on to it because somebody said something. You're going to believe that without checking into it for yourself. And be careful that you don't kid yourself. I believe, I can ask this question right now, are you a believer in Jesus or not? You can answer that question, yes or no. You've, you've already answered that in your mind. And if you're not a believer, you know you're not. So I would say, don't kid yourself. God wants you to be authentic with Him. He wants you just like you are. You don't have to get all cleaned up. You don't have to get your life perfect. You don't have to be doing all the busyness of religious activity to prove to Him anything. Just give Him your life and let Him change you. He'll do that the way He wants to. And you know what? That makes it so much simpler, doesn't it? Because in the end, it is Jesus. It's, it's God who makes the decision. I can tell you all day long that I'm a believer and I believe in Jesus Christ. And I, I, I believe that I am based on what the Scripture says that I've done and what God is doing in my life. I can tell you that all day long. It, when push comes to shove, God has that say-so. And I believe I've done what He said, and I'm looking forward to one day of being able to live that life that we talk about in heaven. But God ultimately makes the decision. In verse 23, all that stuff, look at what we're doing. We're prophesying. We're doing miracles. We're doing all this stuff. And the answer is, hey, I'll tell you plainly, I never knew you. He knows the difference. You can't fool Him. He knows our heart. So I would just challenge you today to think about, think about this as kind of an action step with, with what you might take away from this. Um, again, if you're not a believer, and maybe you're hearing all this confusing kind of stuff, and you're not sure what activities you should be doing or whatever, don't worry about the activities. Don't worry about all of the theological arguments and which side you fall on all of them. Those are not important initially for you. Your initial step is to know the Bible says that the way through, uh, the way to heaven, the way to life is through Him. Your first step is just to trust your life to Him. Just say, there's no magic words. God, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I believe Jesus, according to what we sang and, and some scriptures here about you saying that, that Jesus is the way, I, I just choose to believe that and I'm giving my life to you. And let Him take it from there. And let Him guide you as to how you should live. And it's good to have people to bounce things off of. And it's great to have people who will teach. And it's good to be confident in ourselves knowing that we're walking in the right way. But all of those things have their proper place. And we can't depend solely on any of those to be a mark of whether we're a believer or not. We have to know it's because we have done what God says we need to do to, believe a, to be a believer and to walk in that way. So if you haven't done that this morning, uh, there's an opportunity for you to do that. It might seem kind of forward or, or kind of straightforward to you, but, you know, we're not going to push you, twist your arm, or make you do anything, but we want you to know that's an option for you today. And uh, when I finish uh, teaching, I'll be kind of hanging around down front. If you want have some questions, or maybe you know people, somebody invited you, uh, you know, I'm glad you're searching, but don't, don't search forever. There's a time when you have to make that decision, and I hope you will diligently get to the point to where you can make your decision, and we can help you with that. And then, so for those of us who are believers, I would just say this for you, uh, to you as an action step. Um, 
Are there areas in your life, based on these things especially, that you're being led astray? Have you gotten caught up in just doing what everybody else is doing, even if it's in the Christian realm, and just because a bunch of people are doing it, you've jumped on the bandwagon too, and you're just doing it because you think that makes you a better person? Don't be led astray by that. Are you just believing everything you hear from anybody who teaches and, and you've got no conviction of your own and the only thing that you can say, if the only time you can quote anything about what God's doing or whatever is you're always quoting what you heard somebody else say and you've got nothing going on in your own life to be able to quote from, don't be led astray by that. Maybe you're just playing games with yourself and you know there's some areas in your life uh, that are not right. You need to get things straight with God, and you kind of convinced yourself because you're doing those, that makes you a good person. Uh, I hope that you can tune in. So those are some action steps. What I want to do is, uh, the band's going to come up, and uh, I want you, if you would, just, just bow your heads or close your eyes. You don't have to bow your heads. There's nothing magical about closing your eyes, by the way. It just helps you to tune out distractions that might be around you. just want to give you just a few, just a few seconds here, a few minutes to kind of think about what you've heard. And I just say, just ask yourself this question. This is kind of between, but just not kind of, it is between you and God. God, what, what, what have you wanted me to hear today? God, if I can take away one or two things from this teaching and this experience here this morning, what is it that you would want me to grab a hold of? And that might mean something that God's prompting you to change in your life or making a decision for Him or just being more aware of areas in your life that you might uh, be being led astray. Whatever that is, whatever you feel like that is, whatever you think that is that God is saying to you, hey, this is the thing for you today would you ask him right now just to help you with that I believe Philippians 2.13 and it says that it's God who works in us to will and to act according to his purpose we, we, we need God's help to, to act on what he wants us to do we need God's help to even have a desire to want him so ask God right now God whatever that is what do I need to do? How can you help me? God, I thank you for loving us and for being with us and for giving us an opportunity to hear from you. An opportunity, Lord, to, to know that your word is, is real. Lord, thank you that uh, even your son Jesus, when he was here on the earth and he was teaching people. The stuff that he told them was so practical. Hard, to, hard for us to grab a hold, but a lot of it is just so easy to understand. And Jesus says, this is what I want for you. This is the way I want you to live. This is the way that I want you to be. And it's not so that he can control us or manipulate us, but he knows what's best for us, and that's the way he wants us to live. So, Lord, I pray for every person here that as you've spoken, you've given some direction, that you give us all the strength to act, to be able to live for you the way that you want us to. 
In Jesus' name, amen.